Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the Fat Man, Stevens, Hello. Rob, the old guy from the Rob Charney Show, and back because she couldn't say no, Melanie from Audacity. Did you I even ask her if she could say no? <laughs> oh man, I, I, I actually asked, I said, do you want to be on? And she's like, sure, why not? <laughs> there was no hesitation. <laughs> oh, okay. She's a glutton for punishment. So that's true. Has, that's true. Yeah. Have any of you been just begging, just dying and, and pleading for CSI to come back? Nope. So CSI Las Vegas is making a comeback. You know, I saw that. I was trying to figure out what the heck are they just recap, you know, <laughs> so, it or so what? from uh, uh, so from pulp pulp. Pop culture. Pop culture. By the way, apparently that's hard for me to say. CSI Vegas cast unite and unite and first sneak peek. <laughs> I can't speak. Don't you love those days? CSI <laughs> Vegas cast unites and first sneak peek. So the the brief hit that I actually read before this website started just not working is the crime lab's an issue. It has uh, having issues. Something happened, and you had Gil Grisham. Uh, uh, Georgia Fox is uh, Saracidal and a couple other people. The guy who played Brass is coming back, I guess, to save the crime lab. So something's supposed to come back. So you have some of the original cast uniting. Wow. I'm hoping so much George, the old guys like me in diapers. Right. I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. George, George Eds, I'm hoping is coming back and was the. Uh, I'm hoping the guy who was on crutches comes back. See, was there, right? The guy who, who, who was on those. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The radio show host guy, but I can never yeah. remember his actual name. <clears throat> uh, it'll be interesting to see who they they actually get. So this is going to be this <clears throat> should be in production now if it's coming back. Yeah, my my guess it's either they're either it's either starting or in in the middle of uh, doing it. It doesn't really say. Well, but okay, did they ever? So do you remember it was right around the time they had the miniature killer guy? They had this one killer who would like i don't know he was like a contortionist or something and he hit in the back of somebody's trunk in like the tire compartment mm -hmm. and it was all like latex or something he squeezed out and killed the person and got away with it so it's but the gimp in pulp fiction up, yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of but they never had a storyline about him mm. i well maybe they I will now wondered about that one <laughs> Maybe they'll follow up with that one, but it was right around the time that the miniature killer guy was active. That's kind of when I actually checked out because I got it. Just okay. it, it's it. They just stayed so long on this really stupid storyline. Well, so me. much of the I think Las Vegas. So much of the storylines just dragged on, and it, it yeah. And towards there was quite the a few that did that. Yeah, towards the end, particularly the last season, it was a little off the rails. My my opinion, and yeah. I think yeah. writers changed a lot. And I I believe my opinion is when when you change writers a lot, they don't stay directly with kind of where the storyline was going or what they were doing, where the development of that storyline was. And so you get some new writers in, and all of a sudden it goes left hand or, you know, it goes right over here. They go way off the rails. I don't, I don't, you my know, opinion. When I was watching uh, Doctor Who, I, I, there was a few writers that I really liked their episodes because they were really either dark or twisted or had some good humor in there. And you can always tell which ones they were at the beginning of the episode when they said which writers were involved. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I completely understand what yeah. you're saying. So talk about something that can get dark twist and definitely go off the rails. We have a message from our sponsor. 
Today's show is brought to you by Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. They have online monthly game nights on Discord, so make sure you stop by their Facebook page for event times and dates. You can also grab a free quarantine version of the game straight off their website. Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. Yeah, there you go. We, so we got. So how was that transition? We got Ms. Audacity here. <laughs> it definitely can uh, get dark and weird quick. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting. But in a good way. <laughs> there's some very interesting twists and turns in that game. <laughs> Made the well, old I guy blush. Jonathan. Jonathan posted a good example of one of the cards today, which is a sadistic life coach where you have to slap the place, the face of the player to your left while screaming, you're beautiful. <laughs> it's the, good. I like it. It's the, it's, it's the audacity card of the month or audacity. For some audacity. reason, I, I don't, I, I like yeah. the O apparently. I guess you do. Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So, uh, you, you know, uh, you guys, do you guys like the Olympics? Eh. Not really. Yeah. So what you, Melanie? They really televise the ones I like. Oh, well, you're right to a degree. But this is this is the Summer Olympics. They're supposedly coming to Tokyo in about two months or less. And um, guess what's really not doing very well over in Japan? COVID. COVID vaccines. They are now having a major problem again with COVID issues spiking in Japan. And uh, they have uh, vaccinated less than... Two percent of their population, oh, and, wow. and they are way behind the curve. You know, here we would think that the, uh, uh, you know, that the Japanese would be way on this thing and never giving any thought until I started reading this article, and all of a sudden they're saying, now, nah, unfortunately, the Japanese are not doing a very good job of getting these vaccines ro rolled out." And right now, uh, uh, the United States issued a "do not travel to" warning for Japan. And they're saying not to go there. And yet we have people starting to head over there to do the uh, preliminary scouting and things they need to do for the Olympics. And uh, unless you have specific reasons for going to Japan, you can't. Uh, the Japanese said, oh, well, don't worry. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get that program going. And we're going to try to get uh, 6,000 doctors uh, in Tokyo to uh, give a, a whole bunch of vaccines to people. And... Um, it's not working, and uh, they got a petition going now in Japan that states that uh, they've gathered over 350,000 signatures trying to ask Japan to cancel the Olympics because mm. it's not working. I, I, I was going to say that I wonder what this is going to how this is going to affect not only the Olympics but the Olympics number one sport, which is getting frisky. Yeah, I you know I don't know what's going to happen with that because there's a, a lot of. Uh, shenanigans from the stories oh, i've read you know these athletes need to blow off steam somehow Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rob of any windows <laughs> I, i've tried not to be I so we have a new nickname for rob <laughs> innuendo innuendo rob <laughs> so i have a it so i found something it was an interesting breakdown from statista.com it's a breakdown of japanese ages so according to Japanese ages. J uh, J Japan age distribution from 2009 to 2019. As of 2019, 28% of Japan is 65 years plus. 59.42% is 15 to 64. And 12.57% is 0 to 14 years old. Boy, they got a lot of old people and young people. Mostly younger. Uh, I would say it's probably everything um, I've heard is mostly older. 
Well, what does this have to do with uh, them getting the vaccine? I don't know. It's what a, is, what's the it's fact the government I'm screwing up? I'm just well, my, 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 my thought process, because when the vaccine first came out here in the States, everything everything they were telling is that, you know, if you're beyond a certain age, you must you get it so they were really trying to get the older folks like the old guy to get it so with a population as old as japan i'm surprised that That they're not doing a better job yes well i mean maybe it's cheaper just to let them get sick and die than to keep taking care of i don't know what's japanese maybe it's monetary i i you know you never know what goes on and foreign countries well heck our own country alone as far as you know what our politicians are thinking at any given time so true i I don't see this is the thing where you're wrong there's some presidents that i knew exactly (laughs) what they're thinking it was you know chirp 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 it's really funny you know uh, so what was uh bill clinton thinking john i you know he 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 wishes he had certain (laughs) audacity cards make life probably played those Get on the desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, the, there you go. Did you have one like that, Melanie? That has that crawling Get through the legs. The desk. There's a crawling through the legs one that I've seen videos on. And you, check out their YouTube, by the way. It's hilarious. Okay. Uh, I, I, we could write one for him, you know. There you go. <laughs> we can make that guy. In, in, in the <laughs> next release, after the show runs for a while, we'll get a lot more things for your cards. Right. Call it the Clinton. <laughs> no, say it, uh, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez hey, uh, some, some days we really go kind of like csi off the rails here. by the way this is all your fault uh, i know i'm good so, for uh-oh here we go what do you guys think of uh climate change do you think that you should go and protest on a farmer's land why would I want to go po- protest? So, Period. Why would I go on a protesters farmer's decided land. to invade a farmer's property to protest against genetically modified food? Where? Wait, wait. Where was it? And by the way, they, a private property. I can't find the actual place of it. That's what I was reading, trying to find, but they don't actually have it in the article. But um, so, anyways, they decided to go out there and pitch their tents. I'm sure Rob will enjoy that humor. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, um, the farmer the farmer got a little unhappy. Hooked up a blew some loads out septic trailer to his tractor and went out and sprayed his field. <laughs> I was right. He blew some loads. Yay! Good, good on that farmer. Jeez, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I think that's a great way to deal with protesters. <laughs> well, that, re- that reminds me of something James and I always kind of joked about is next time they had a PETA, a PETA protest in our, our local area is we always wanted to rent like a food truck or, you know, do like, you know, like fresh meat and throw a barbecue. And because we know enough people who are jackasses like each other that we could we could have a lot of fun. And it's I still wish they would actually say where this happened at. I can't I don't <laughs> find it anywhere in the article. I got a quick question for you where james looks it up have you heard of the, the movie the green book mm, sounds familiar I so just can't. this was made in 2018 and i i had a very young child <laughs> i still have a young child but it was very young at that time uh-huh. and it's with vigo mortensen and it's about a so basically there was an uh, an african-american gentleman who came from rich family who was a, an amazing musician and he hired vigo mortensen's character who is who um was Italian it was I? I guess 
He's an Italian bouncer named Frona. Is it Tony Frank? No, Tony Lip, Valen Longa. And okay, that you're in trouble already. Yeah, I know. But it's <laughs> I, I watched a couple of YouTube clips, and this movie looks amazing. So the Green Book basically, led, from what I've heard, is a book that African Americans would use to tell them what areas are safe for them to go to or not in the okay. South and other areas. All right. And this is about the... So Tone, uh, Viggo Mortensen's character was hired to drive this African-American through the South on a, a musical oh, tour. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've heard And it. so some of the clips I've seen, it looks like a damn amazing movie, and I don't ever remember hearing about it. And I love Viggo Mortensen. I Actually, there was a television review of that particular movie that I saw maybe two months ago mm -hmm. about it coming out. So uh, I had forgotten about it until he mentioned it because I didn't see it released anywhere. I, I haven't seen it on Netflix, and I certainly haven't seen it on any of the other premium, uh, premium streaming services. What is this gentleman? This, this really bothers me. I can't. The descriptions I'm looking at doesn't tell me. Oh, uh, classical pianist Don Shirley was the gentleman in, in his, his real life name, um, hmm. the person's name. Uh I would just shout out to you guys because I'm always looking for a good, good movies that aren't, you know, kind of the Marvel superhero movies. And I'm pretty oh. much down for anything that's Viggo Mortensen. Well, according to IMDb, <clears throat> Rob, you can rent it for $4 on Prime Video, but I don't see it anywhere else. Oh, well, that answers the question because I'm already, you know what pisses me off about not that movie, but about renting uh, a movie from a service that you already already pay a premium for. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, you're paying money yeah. to have a money. I agree. Yeah. It's, so I won't do that. It's probably yeah. more than likely the deal with a distributor. I don't care you who the what? deal's with. My point is, is that <laughs> I already pay for the service. I'm not paying for another stinking movie. So, well, so John, you remember the movie Chocolate Warrior? Yes, actually. So I was going to go watch that. I couldn't find my copy. So I look online. And it says Netflix has it. Really? So I go on Netflix and I search it. I can't find it. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure I put this in my list and I couldn't find it in my list either. And then, so I look and I finally find it and it's not allowed in my region. That's what pisses me off. Not allowed in your region. Is they have it in their library. Right. But for some reason, they're not allowing it to be played back in the United States. Ah. So this is the one That's thing. That's what they mean by when they say region. Got it's it. not allowed in your region. It uh, means that it's not allowed in the United States. I thought maybe, you know, they're, they're, they're against California. Yeah. Not, uh, California, I don't blame them. But so I, they I, could I, be I, that, too. I, I can go to that and watch it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So what, what it is, is before uh, Netflix cracked down, you used to be able to give, get VPNs that, so you could uh, view what was in different sure. countries. fake, fake I, country. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. Great use of that language. <laughs> Which, wow, You've, that wasn't proper at all. Um, <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't admit this. Well, it's, but that's a great idea for was, all those who have VPNs that can adjust your well, VPN settings so it shows you're in another country. Well, here's the thing. They'll ban you and your account if they do it now. Uh, so Ban you and your router. <laughs> Yeah, they'll ban, they're ban your ban your IP address. <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, before you know, I do it. I I do it as a, a journalist to figure out what was on there. So it was kind of cool. You could see all this different content because it's all distribution deals. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. You know, Elon Musk says that he's going to put rocket boosters on his uh, <laughs> Tesla Roadster. <laughs> he wants to do zero to sixty at one point one seconds. <laughs> Reminds me of a limerick from one of the uh, uh, Leprechaun movies. 
Oh, boy. SpaceX, he's going to put SpaceX rockets. <laughs> I'd love Elon Musk. He's a billion-dollar troll. We usually talk to him about him every episode because there's always something new and exciting oh. that Elon does. He needs to sponsor us as well. I, I just heard it. I just heard of something that made me cringe. I want to see what everybody thinks. A yeah. Jägermeister, was a Jäger teeny? It's like a Jägermeister martini or Jäger tinger or a Jägermeister. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, what was a mixed drink with Jägermeister? And I don't have great relationship with Jäger, so I was wondering. I don't what you know anybody does. It's not nobody no. has a good relationship. No, mm-hmm. Melanie's. Did you get that stuff again? Yeah, see, <laughs> Melanie had an experience with it. Why don't you tell us how much fun you had? Did anybody tell you what oh, you did while you were no. on it? <laughs> oh no! See? It was bad. It was bad. It was real bad. Apparently, I tried to walk up a freeway off ramp. One of your friends Amongst told you to go play in traffic. I think you're a bit of a wild child. I can tell. I think I had like, no, I think one night I had six or seven Jaeger. Was it, was it Red Bull? Seven. It's like Jaegermeister Red Bull and something else. Oh if I remember correctly. Lord. And I think that's I'm already barfing. Well, yeah, the, the next couple of days were a little rough. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's not a good <laughs> mix at all. Not good. Because the, the guy's comment was, oh, they're trying to refine the brand. Have people, instead of Jaeger bombs, it's a refined drink. And the guy was tasting, tasting it, saying, oh, this is in it. This is the flavor I'm getting. And the whole time I'm thinking, yeah, everybody I know is thinking of bad decisions. This will, yeah. <laughs> you're never going to get it. To- right? That's exactly right. See, Melanie even agrees with that one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it already tastes like candy. It's already trouble. What are you going to refine? You're going to make it more trouble? I don't think so. No, thank you. <laughs> well, that's that had always been my line with any of these sweet mixed drinks. I mean, it it's ridiculous. Oh. I mean, we you know my day it was Coke and Southern Comfort for the girls. <laughs> Boy, did that work! Well. Dude, that sounds nice. <laughs> I could do that. Never got any complaints <laughs> in any count. <laughs> well, that's like well. My my all time favorite stories is picking on friends of mine, like their girlfriends drinking like a Bahama Mama or Sex on the Beach, something that's super sugary and high alcohol content. Yeah, he's drinking Coors Light and she's <laughs> Coors Light after after Coors Light. Yeah, Coors. <laughs> however you say it, they're not paying, so I'm gonna mispronounce it. That's all that's right, that's what I'm gonna pick to it. Yeah, you know, and so she's hammered because she's had two of them, which is a lot of alcohol for most people. Yeah, and he's like, look at she's a lightweight, and you're like. Dude, you've had what four beers? That's like sixteen. Yeah, and she, she weighs like you know ninety eight pounds. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's like come on. That always that always made me laugh. It's like hold on, let me make you a drink. I can make you one that you can't taste. It'll be make you on the floor within forty five minutes. Let's. See, that's I trouble. I need to taste the alcohol so that I don't want the rest of the drink. You there you go. You need to sip it slow. Once it's sugary. You, you, I just keep sipping on it, and I lose control of and or count of how many I've had. And the sugars, oh god, that's just asking for the world's worst hangover. Mm. I can't do the sugar drinks anymore. That's a bad decision for sure. I I'd like the the, the quote unquote girly drinks but i always make them a little stronger just because i've always i kind of agree i heard uh it was an old scotsman or irishman this was you know on star trek a little bit of pleasure should always be followed by a little bit of pain so i'm like okay i i know there's alcohol no, in there no i don't agree with that line at all <laughs> sorry i want to taste the alcohol in there because i could with some of the cocktails i've played with i could easily see like painkillers you can easily make it incredibly alcoholic and not taste it 
because mm. it's um, basically it's uh, uh, it's Coco Lopez, pineapple juice, and orange juice, and anywhere between two and up of rum, and you literally can't taste it with like three ounces of rum. That's trouble in a cup. Yeah. I, I believe it, and because of the reasons I'm not a drinker is because I burnt myself out in the 70s and 80s, with it, and I'm never doing it again. Once is enough. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is why I just have one. I generally don't have more than a cocktail. So, do you, how do you guys li- like uh, hypocrites in politics? I think we need to shoot them. Yeah, so... We need politicians, James. You can't kill them all. Crossing borders from us here, going over to Michigan. They have a governor... Crossing borders? Crossing borders. A lot of borders to get over there. <laughs> governor Gretchen Whitmer. She's uh says one thing and does another. She got caught. They've had a very strict lockdown there in Michigan. And not that I blame them for locking down people in Michigan, but... <laughs> Oh. Ooh, I, I, I think that's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, old guy tech TV and real, uh, real flicks juice, Matt Trio podcast, you know, disregard. I said, hey, you know, my opinion, the guy's entitled to his own opinion, but apparently she, um, she was caught telling, uh, doing what she told her constituents not to do. And that was to meet in larger groups. She was photographed and filmed and meeting in the group of larger. So it's than like 12. Yeah. So, um, so she did that, and then she got caught flying uh, private to from Michigan to Florida to visit her uh, father, which is fine, I guess, except, you know, the carbon-neutral people are going crazy because she took a private jet. And then she took some um, aides with her, <laughs> her, her congressional aides with her from her governor's office, and uh, they went on down to Florida to go out to have uh, a good time and party down in uh, Mexico. So, uh, which they shouldn't have been doing either. So she pulled a cruise. So <laughs> it seems to be. She uh, pulled a Nissan slash cruise. Huh? Yeah, I guess. Apparently, can you guess what political party she's on? Well, the opposite of uh, Ted Cruz. That's why I. <laughs> yeah, Democrat, of course. I hate to say that. I don't like to put anybody under a huge umbrella much. I, you know, I, in all honesty, I don't really blame them. If I had to stroke to sneak away, I would do it. But I, I, I would <laughs> but like you, to, I'd you're like not to believe. standing out there in front of your whole population of your state and tell them, no, you can't go out and meet with groups, large groups of people. Yes, you have to wear masks all the time, by the way, which she was not wearing. You know, you, you stand there and you do that. And I, you know what, what, what I always said about entitled people, how much they piss me off. And this is, uh, you know, this is an exact example of somebody who's absolutely entitled. They feel they're entitled to do whatever they want. It's, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And it just pisses me off. But the well, this thing that's... should be reprimanded. There should be consequences for things like that. Like... Hangings. Public hangings. What's that? Caning? <laughs> Caning. Hanging. Hanging. Oh. That's a... <laughs> that's... Okay. Uh, what? You're a public servant. We're going to use you for the public. I was better at the caning part. We got well, that's, to the, that's the a, other okay, part. Fine, we can cane them. Yeah, all right, there you go. I'll do, I'm good with that. Hits. I was going to say, hanging, that's a, the, to borrow a euphemism from a previous story, that's a pretty stiff sentence there. Mm, man, I'll tell you. It's, yeah, it's, so is caning. Spoken like a true Hangtown resident. <laughs> that's right. Better not come here. We're known for hanging. <laughs> Doesn't happen <laughs> since the 1850s, but it's all right. Yeah. Oof. Uh, 
I don't know if, but the weirdest thing for me is like, if I was a politician, I, I think the, the one I could see going to Mexico, but it would not be around other people. It would be, I'd be renting an entire beach or be like, uh, well, yeah. the, the New York, uh, the former New York, uh, New Jersey governor, Chris Christie, who, you know, they, nobody was loud on the beach, but he was there with his, with his family. I mean, I just, well, that's the whole point. That's the whole thing about, I get about people that feel entitled besides the fact, you know, you're in politics on top of it. So you're, you're open for us to jump on things that you do. Uh, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to <laughs> say something and you're going to ask those people that, uh, in the state that you're the governor of, you, you need to just kind of do the same thing that you're telling them to do. Now, see, I, I think I think what she should do is I think she should go on the news and say, you know, I'm the governor. I was elected. I was feeling a little depressed. In order to actually be a better governor, I decided to hitch a ride to, to Florida and, and, and Mexico just so I can be a better governor. I would just be straight up and say, I would just, you know, name it and claim it. <laughs> I mean, guess what else are you going to do? I would have fun with it. Okay. Well, you know, good luck with that re-election campaign. Right. I mean, that's, that's the whole idea. Would, you have to be, I would, if, if I had a governor, Democrat or Republican, tell me truth and how they feel, I'd be more likely to vote for him, to be honest. No, I'm not arguing with that. So has anybody been following up with this Prince Harry? Yeah. Stuff. No, I've been kind of watching it. I'm, no. I'm f- fascinated. <laughs> it's, I can't tell if it's hilarious or sad, because it's it's like mm. watching a British dumpster fire. So, well, I guess what you're talking about is that Oprah has dropped another one of her series, and and and, and, and unfortunately, um, I <clears throat> I think mental health issues in the United States is a serious topic, and I may not agree with everything that that particular person says. I don't even talk about her, but I mentioned her once. Uh, but I, in some respects. Uh, she's doing a good thing because this 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 program was not aimed just at Harry. Well, I was just I it was, was aimed at a number of different people men, with mental health issues, and so I don't want to make fun of that because I believe that's a very serious. Oh, so you issue. took it you took it a different direction I, than I was going to take it. So this I, yeah. wasn't about their the the, the mental okay. health of him and his wife. Well, it's it's his. And yeah, I don't. I'm not even talking about Meghan Markle. I'm I'm talking about just Prince Harry. Is that how you say it, yeah. Markle? Markle. So you emphasize a Markle. Ma- yeah. <laughs> okay. Mike Markle. Uh, there you go again. Uh, now you got it coming out of him all the time, Melanie. You see what you did? Hey, I'm just doing it to make somebody laugh. That as long as I get a laugh, I'll do it's almost not anything. Me. It's not me. It's Miss Annabelle. It's the alter ego. She wants out, man. She's in there. And she wants out. Uh, see, no, it's too Audacity much. just brought it out of him. Yeah, she, that's right. <laughs> the, the the thing that amazes the. He's blushing, Melanie. If you've been in the studio, you could have seen it. It's his, his turn. Uh, the, the thing that amazes me about this whole thing is, like, how big of a deal it is. Like, it seems to be. Like, it's 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 a, it's a royal pissing contest because apparently, uh, um, what's his name? Prince, the, the dude with the ears, Prince Charles. Chuck <laughs> is very... Um, he's very pissed, you know, and, and apparently everybody's been telling him to, uh, you know do a stiff upper lip and don't comment. And it's just, I, I find it fascinating to the, to the point that it makes me feel better about my family. <laughs> oh yeah. I, you know what? I, I can't even begin to imagine what must be like to be a Royal and to grow up in that shit store of, 
of I mean, just to know he's media your f- pressure and everything goes on and everything's expected of you and you got to have that stiff, stiff upper lip and, it, and all that bullshit. And, and just to know that you're, he's your father and second cousin twice removed at the same time. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's well, that. <laughs> and that might explain some of the stuff that's going on there, but it's just, I can't even imagine. I mean, you know, Charles was, was abused as a child. So what do you expect him to be like as an adult and a parent? He's not, he doesn't have the tools to do any of that. You know? So yeah, that whole thing is crazy. <laughs> well, this was a, I need another, do we know? We, well, actually, you know what? Well, another you do well, deal with that really sad note that uh, hopefully this will help you story. to be a little cheery as a, we talk to you about how you can stay in touch with the maddest of the mad. Do you want to keep up to date on the maddest of the mad at the mad trio podcast? Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or go to the So the madtrio.com is all things three, right? So that's what we're, that, that's the whole idea. It's all things three. So everybody's got to come up with at least three stories. I got my last one. <laughs> then so it's, we, up, we then still- it's up to Melanie to come up with three in a row. Let's see how she does. <laughs> She says she's quiet and she won't be on the show again. That was it. I've got to. I've got to. I'm thinking here. I've got to. Okay. Well, th- th- did you see that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci came out today and said, yeah, maybe coronavirus, Corona 19 actually did come out of a lab. So what is this, the sixth or seventh time? Well, they've- this guy flip-flops more than anybody I've ever seen in the history of the medical profession. Unbelievable. <laughs> yes it is no it isn't yes it is no it isn't and so it's like oh boy it's it's now uh twitter storm fox news is going crazy cnn is going off the hook because they don't know what to do now well let's that that, let's be honest Uh, to to set to set off 24-hour news is really not that hard no not really it just you know gave them another thing take a look at our previous president trump literally i think in 10 to 20 years from now there's going to be a class solely di- solely about trump's ability to control the media yeah. is literally amazing to me he's he's done it better than anybody i i you know so it's it's super easy to do especially when everybody's looking for things to talk about yeah well i mean that it, there is that right i mean it's kind of like our show we're constantly looking well, things. You heard the whole- <laughs> But you heard the whole thing about Cambridge Analytica, right? Cambridge Analytica. Which So which I don't thing? know that it was Trump. Like Cambridge Analytica, they're basically a company that that's the whole point of them. They control, they know how to mine data from Facebook and all the social right. media oh, yeah. and then take over the news. And he's, Trump was involved with Steve Bannon, who was involved with Cambridge Analytica. So I wouldn't give Trump the credit. I would give it to Cambridge <laughs> Analytica. Well, I mean, I, I, if, if it was an intelligent way to control the media, I'd say it was. I just think, I, I think what it is, is with personally, is Trump, he knew he made some, a lot of people mad. So I just think he would just say stuff like, oh, drink bleach. I mean, <laughs> I, right. I, I don't know a whole lot of people that it would have taken seriously. And it, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good. He's good at flaring things up. That's for sure. But the whole Cobb Faith Faith thing, right? I think that was a sign of Cambridge Analytica because it is essentially an algorithm that puts out tweets for him, hmm. and an algorithm can make mistakes because why would somebody write Cobb Faith Faith? It didn't make sense. But if an algorithm made it, now that makes sense. 
that's just my two cents. I know since a person acting, <laughs> never mind. I'm getting too deep in the conspiracies here. <laughs> never mind. I'll keep my mouth shut. Come on, come on. This is the mad trio. We 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 are the maddest of the mad. We can talk about anything. anything. Yeah, I know. We do. I, mean, I, I randomly talk with a southern accent, so I mean, it's not. <sighs> Oh, I can, nothing I can, like dead air. Let's. This is well, somebody needs to step up. I can. I, I can. It's I, John's fault. We all know it. So well, okay, I can. The random thing that just came up out of typing something was, female hysteria was once a common medical diagnosis for women who were described as exhibiting a wide, wide array of symptoms, including anxiety, shortness of breath, fainting, nervousness, sexual depression, insomnia, <laughs> fluid retention, heaviness of abdomen, ability, basically. Every symptom was female hysteria, and that came up at a typing something about Trump. <laughs> well, you know what the cure for that was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us. <laughs> You're the one that can speak with authority on that issue. <laughs> That's how they created vibrators. Ah, all right. They, well, were, they, they literally got women off, and they were like, you're hysterical, <laughs> you're, you're acting a little crazy, yeah. let me get you off, there, all better. You know, and, you know, I think we should bring that back. There. I would love to just go to the doctors and be like, you know what? <laughs> I feel a little crazy today. I need some help. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the sad part is that's absolutely true. And, that and, actually happened. Yeah. Yes. And, and all of a absolutely. sudden, you'd have a you'd have a, a rise in the number of doctors that uh, sp- <laughs> are in specifically one field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how else would you want to be a gynecologist? And a rise in hysterical women. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got the fix for you. Come on, James. Breathe some actual stuff. <laughs> right. So do you remember Very a couple good. weeks ago I brought up that, uh, what was it, the meme the disaster girl sold her original picture for a few hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. So now the Charlie bit my finger video from 2007 just sold for $760,000. So it's something called an Why NFT. Why the hell are people buying this shit? Why? That's so a good question. This is from Engadget.com, which is a fairly trustable news Engadget, source. It's right. Charlie bit my finger sold as an NFT. I have no idea what an NFT is. Could vanish from YouTube forever. Um, uh, collector 3F Music spent $761,000 to possibly ruin a slice of internet history. Yeah, you're right. Why are they buying it? Um, I mean, they're pulling it and keep it as a uh, uh, copyrighted Non-fungible token, right. which means that it can't be swapped out or traded easily. But it's like... <sighs> Why would why the hell do people want this shit? I, I I'm more curious why somebody spent six hundred six seven hundred and sixty one thousand. Yeah. yeah. Why would you spend that much money? Like you can buy some of the greatest cars in history that will forever make you money, and instead you bought a ten year old, twenty year old video. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. There <laughs> or, must be they must be able to make money with it somewhere. And it's just a matter of following that line. Or in, 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 but, instead of buying Charlie Bit Your Finger, I got an idea. What you should do is you should give half of it to Audacity, half of it to the Mad Trio <laughs> podcast, and I guarantee you would make a bunch of people happy for the rest of their lives. That's right. Just I give a quarter of it to Mad Trio and give a quarter to, of it to me. 
Okay. I, I, I will bite their finger for that. I'll do it myself. It's <laughs> 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 not a problem. Yeah. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. There, there's always somebody out there. You know, I, I've looked at numerous things <clears throat> throughout history and time that people have bought for whatever reason it may be, thinking that down the road, line it's going to make them money somehow and and oftentimes it, it's not necessarily makes any sense is, is that why people yeah. bought peck rocks i couldn't tell you why people bought pet rocks i mean I, when, when those are coming out i said i got plenty of rocks in my property i'll put them in a little basket yeah, so can... disaster girls sold for half a million dollars wow i'm just looking this up um, I tried to bit my finger sold for seven hundred sixty thousand. I'm seeing if there's any other ones that got sold. I think the kind of oh, see, yeah, I don't get, I don't get why you would buy it though. That's what I'm confused at. I I think these are people who have more money than brains and just have really no good imagination. Because if if I had seven hundred sixty one thousand dollars to blow, it would not be on a video. And, and if I had to blow it at one time, I would have a lot of fun. And so would a bunch of my closest friends. So one of the things I've discovered about the- <laughs> You're invited, Melanie. The, yeah, that's right. The, about the 1%. Okay, the people that have so much money that, and there's, um, that's a, there's a surprisingly many, many, many of them. I mean, it's, they have so much money that they just blow money on whatever it is that you know meets their fancy at the time and it wouldn't surprise me if we're not looking at some of those people with so much money that they go yeah, i want that video it'll be mine i have to I get to keep it for myself and then of course 10 minutes later they forget about it but you know what i can do though i can get on youtube i can download the video and then i have it or yeah. i can go to the meme and i can download the meme yeah, I, and then I have it. That's true. Why the fuck are they paying that much money? I, is this like that's Bru the question? Right? Is is this like Brewster's millionaire, where the guy just has to blow blow all his money to a bunch of stupid shit to get all of his money? I yes, guess. I possibly. Because no yeah, I I have to yeah. admit, boy, that wasn't that an interest. <laughs> that was funny. The poor guy couldn't. That was keep, a good movie. That was a good movie. I'm just thinking for seven hundred and sixty one thousand. If I had to blow it within a day. I would have a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I would have a hell of a lot of toys. <laughs> I'd be buying guns and tanks. Why not? I, I, I would go down to the mission Apache district. And, helicopters. I'd go down to the mission district and buy everybody one of those power washers. This <laughs> is a power washer and spray the mission district. That's what I said, you know? Buy everybody on the block. Yeah, you here. said you'd buy you everyone. Yeah, I'd buy yeah, everybody yeah. on just the block. buy here. a really big one <laughs> and just spray the mission district down. Well, you know what? In that helicopter you're going to buy, you could just fill it up full of water, and you could take care of that. I, I would buy one of my uh, local. <laughs> no, no, no! It's for missiles <laughs> and missiles, machine guns. Missile full of water. I, I, I would buy one of my local politicians <laughs> oh. a giant suppository, like just the world's <laughs> largest. And there's so much stuff you would do that I'd have fun <laughs> if I had that type of money to blow. So, Rob, you're a I'd former buy business owner. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. yeah! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. you're a full business owner. <laughs> okay. Still am. So um, now there are jobs out there. 
There's uh, 8.1 million jobs in the U.S. economy right now. Wait, wait a minute. They're Aaron. having issues hiring. Yeah, okay. So we've, I think we talked so, about this before. Go ahead. We, we did talk about this a little bit, but mm-hmm. this has become actually out in the news now. It's being reported on. The issue they're having is that they're, the jobs that are out there aren't paying what they used to in, to, in the, the 2020. Or 2019, actually. So. Uh, are they paying less or more? So the same so job pre-COVID, is... Pre-COVID, yeah. the job was paying, let's say, you know, $16 starting. Now that same job is paying $14 an hour starting. And people don't want to be taking that job because they're making more on unemployment. Right. <clears throat> so that's what the they're saying is the problem with the job market. Now... <clears throat> Who's they? For As a business owner, this... The media and the people. Uh, let's see, it's the. I'm just curious. I'm just trying to make that allegation. I'm the, just to, uh, see, I think so their job. Some job. Republican governors <laughs> and uh, Bank of America study. Yeah, that answers that. Bank of America. Bank we, of America yeah. would sell their own mother yeah. for a nickel. And, uh, Revelio Labs is also doing the research. So I don't know who Revelio. Revealio Labs is. Somebody paid by Bank They're of America. using algorithms from uh, the Monster Jobs or whatever.com. Okay. That site. So, so, what's your point? So, by the job postings. <laughs> okay. So, my question to you is as an employer, if you're looking out there right now, I mean, is it worth it to even be open? Good question. And try to start at $16 an hour like you used to. Yeah. Uh, sure. I think it depends on the employee because I mean, as I said, you know, being working right now, I've seen people quit because they're like, it's screwing up my unemployment. Right. (laughs) Well, between the the enhancements (laughs) that people were getting and, and, you know, the the COVID relief and unemployment, uh, you know that and I do, but they're going to write it out for as long as they can. I, you know, I I could see the benefits of of riding the unemployment, especially if you're one of these people who, like me in the past, have worked for big blue box sto- uh, box stores with a spark. Is 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 being unemployment is a lot better than working at some of these box stores and other areas. Um, Dude, I completely agree. Sitting at home on my ass getting money, that's fantastic. <laughs> I did it for a month and a half while we were actually shut down for COVID. That's right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> After that month and a half, I looked at it. I said, "Well, this shit's gonna go away. Gotta get off my ass and work." Hey, I made some pretty good money on unemployment in my day because I made pretty good wages, and they had to match those. And I did good. I go ahead and fire me. At this point, I wish I got a couple of month break. I could have played Audacity all the you know the whole time. Could have had a little bit of fun instead of you know the only positive side that COVID ever had is I've never gotten to work fast ever. You know, there were literally no cars on the road for months. It was glorious. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. In the Bay Area, it's been so nice. <laughs> now it's not because people are going back to work, but they don't want to take the BART. So everyone's driving their own car. So now traffic's worse than it was before COVID. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, I found a meme that wow. actually said, and I posted it a few, a few, probably a month ago, is, 
Yeah, I definitely missed the part of COVID where there was nobody on the streets. Yeah, there was. <laughs> there was. As I said, I was, we were only shut down for a month and a half. So when I started working, I'm going to work, and there's like no school buses. There's nobody on the road. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mean, we got spoiled for almost a year because of that. There was this this company who actually made like a like a COVID helmet. Basically, it was like a HEPA filter with a full face, like a full face helmet, and I'm like. I, I, if it wasn't for the fact it was like $300, I would have gotten one just because I think it'd be hilarious walking to the store with a giant space bubble. Well, isn't that what the <laughs> the surgeons and doctors in the hospitals, that, that's what they were wearing? No, well, well this one was kind of like a reusable one, had a battery pack. When I uh, when I had my, my recent medical procedure, the doctor was in like the bunny, like the like the bunny suit is like embola 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 outbreak because they were in the whole bit they even had that that giant filter backpack like this one was like just to do a scope of your throat yeah wow um oh that's right it was kaiser that answers that question was kaiser actually well since we're bringing it up my favorite part of that whole thing is since i have naturally really curly hair every woman who walked by the room they 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 stored me in like luggage (laughs) said you've got gorgeous hair i probably heard that 20 times it was the most flattering things I've ever heard. Well, it's probably everyone be- says that unless they have curly hair. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> if you have curly hair, you look at him, you're like, I'm so sorry. You know, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's true, but it, it took me 20 years or 30 years of my life to just embrace the curl. And it's, <laughs> it's, I actually like it because it's, it's, I don't have to put it's easy in it. my, for my, you. I had somebody actually ask me, so what do you do in the morning? What's your routine? <laughs> Get I, up. I said, I wake up and they're like, what else? Make coffee. What else? <laughs> work. Make eggs. But what else? Drink more coffee. Like, do you do anything with your hair? It's like, does it look like I do anything? With the only thing I have to do is be careful. Like the, the stuff I put in it. You put stuff in your hair. Well, like you don't cause my hair is naturally curly and other things. You don't want to wash it too much. Cause it just makes it like, it, it oh, looks frizz? like a, yeah. you get a frizz. I do. You a get a man, bro. Um, a what? <laughs> I've never a man, bro. Yeah. What the hell? For what white is... guys. <laughs> oh no. I, I, I just like, like I look like an SOS pad. I mean, yeah. it's just all over the place. Sheik. All a little <laughs> frizzy. Um, so okay, Darren, that killed that one. So uh, wait, hold on. That's, you guys know anything about ter- what? I was going to see if Melanie what? has what any stories. I want to put our our, okay. our sponsor on the on the hot seat. Oh goodness! I was curious if you guys had watched the Underground Railroad. Which time? You mean the, the newest, a new one, or yeah, the original movie? The, no, it's a new series. It's a short mini series. I think it's like ten episodes hmm. on. Um, I think it's on Amazon. So tell us, what about it? It's based on a novel. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head who wrote the novel. I should, but I don't. But it was an incredible series. I thought it was really brilliantly done. Um, uh, it's hard to watch. It's hard to stomach. Mm. It's brutally honest um, about, you know, what happened. And But I think it's really important. And it just kind of made me think, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there was some school curriculum up until 2015 who referred to the Underground Railroad as an immigration of workers. <laughs> and it just blows my mind. And and then there's talk about taking it out of the school curriculum altogether. 
And uh, my husband's from Israel, and they have a Remembrance Day. And on Remembrance Day, you spend the entire day watching Holocaust movies mm. so that you never forget. Right. So it can't be repeated. And it just, I'm just appalled at our country for these schools that want to take it out of the curriculum. And I think it's a really powerful uh, series to watch and to just remember yeah. so that we can take these lessons into our future, you know, and the fact that some schools want to erase it is just blowing my mind. So the underground <clears throat> railroad is an American historical drama streaming television limited series created by director Ben Jenkins based on the novel by the same name by Colson Whitehead. It's C O L S O N. The series premiered on prime video on May 14th, 2021. The uh, premise of the of it is a fictional story of people attempting to escape from slavery in the southern United States in, in the 1800s by utilizing key plot elements, employing the little literal style of magic realism. In reality, the Underground Railroad was a network of abolitionists, hidden routes, and safe houses to help enslaved African Americans escape to freedom in the early to mid 1800s. You know, this goes into the conversation that we had. Oh, I don't know, maybe the beginning <clears throat> of this year, maybe in the last year. Where he talked about um, where all these monuments were being taken down, love them or hate them, right? We talked about let's say some of the monuments that were uh, from the Confederate generals. Let's say let's just use that as a, an example. So like Robert maybe, E. Lee, whatever it could be, and and in there, you know, they were saying, "Oh, we got to take them down. They're a sign of oppression." And I kept saying, "Wait a minute, this is a sign that you need to remember what was done." I mean, it's a lot like, uh, you know, what, uh, it, what took place with the, the Holocaust and the camps and the fact that the, they're still kept there as, as museums so that people don't forget what took place in Poland yeah. and those areas, Auschwitz and those other camps. And so the whole thing is, you know, like Melanie's husband from Israel, the whole idea is that we never want to forget these things. Yes, it's bad. Yes, it's horrible. But what better way to remember how you know, these things happened. And so, yeah, it's absolutely. And it doesn't make sense. Melanie's right. Why would you want to pull those out of schools? Cause you, you know, I know it's a painful thing, but you got to remember this stuff. So it doesn't repeat people, people we live, we live in an age where people don't want to be uncomfortable. I've gotten in fairly decent number of arguments being a guy of Jewish heritage who have said, I want somewhere in every country for a Nazi flag to fly. And you always get this, this comments about it I said, okay, do you have relatives that possibly died in it? Because there's a good chance I did. And I know people who had relatives who died in it. And if all because, you know, and, and I'm all, I'm a, a lot of stuff I like, even in the Bible, it talks about in the Old Testament where God says, build this pile of rocks in the middle of the river so you always know where you came from. We as a, a, a species need those monuments to our past, whether we really fucked up or we did something awesome. We need that because we're such a short lived people. And our memory fades. And that's the problem. That's right. And we don't, we don't carry it over. And I think a lot of the stuff, and I, I don't, and I could be wrong. I, I don't think they're not, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I don't think they're removing it because of racism. I, and I could be wrong on this. It's probably what it is, is because everybody's teaching to a test. They removed what school was really about. And now you've got to, you got to pump all these people for STEM and all this and that, instead of trying to give children just a blanket base of knowledge for them to decide what to do. I love history. Um, like for example, that green book 
movie I talked about, there was a term I've never heard of called a sundown town, which basically, I guess, African-Americans couldn't leave their house after a certain period of time. I'd never fucking heard of that. And, and it wasn't something, okay, then I looked it up and read more about it. And that's what this is. It's, it's, it's a way for people to say, okay, I've, I've vaguely heard about this, or I never heard this about, or your hair at Hud Tubman. There's so much more, you know, and that's, that's a part that I think pisses me off. Like, and like, and I agree with Melanie is like, you need this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I wonder with some of the monuments, you know, I didn't, I heard the whole thing, but I didn't go look and study and see exactly which monuments they were taking down because I'm curious what the plaque said. Because it's one thing to have a statue of a racist, you know. So what are the, you're right. A racist jerk. But if it says something that is praising them, then I could see why we would want to take that down, you know, but change the plaque and say, hey, this guy was a jerk. Exactly. (laughs) Don't be like him. No, and that's exactly what I was bringing up as well. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I guess it does depend on what the plaque says. But the point, I, I said that same thing 18, 19, 20 months ago whatever it was that, you know, we need to, yeah, that we need to do just that. We need to put, you know, put a different plaque in there explaining why, you know, okay, here's this Confederate general. Explain the good and the bad. Yeah. The whole idea of what he may have been protecting, explain it in, 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 in that plaque. Or erect another one right next to it that shows the other side, you know, if if you're upset that the white guy got a monument and the black guy didn't, then also give the black guy a monument next to it and say, you know, here's what happened, you know, and say the white guy was a jerk. Explain it. Explain it. And some of the other sides I've heard, a a pastor of mine, I used to, who used to be my pastor, one of the places he passed pastor. Thank you. I was trying to (laughs) try not to say that, but he, the last, one of the places he worked was in Louisville. And he was mentioned because they told him that. He said, I'm, I like that idea. And he said, well, here's the issue is the fact back in Louisville, people actually believe in that stuff. So you're going to give them something to praise. And I remember thinking about that. And I've thought about that since quite a bit. And I said, well, okay, so they're praising the flag. But if you put a plaque or if you, I don't know, put a star of David next to it or, or do something to, to say, hey, this is in remembrance about something and i i it's got to be about the plaque and the other thing is some of those monuments i've learned are not from the civil war period or the the what do they call it the the period after the civil war some of it came out about in the the 50s and 60s when they're the a civil rights movement i'm really sorry had a hiccup there came about so they made these statues to piss people off i guess i'm not quite sure why you would do that. So some of the statues are fairly new. Some of the ones they've tore down were actual historical statues. Yeah. And that's the issue I have. Okay. So the, the, the new pop, you know, the ones, okay, that whatever. But if there's the ones legitimately after the, during the rebuilding period or years after, I think for historical reasons, they should stay. Now, Ryan said at one point, okay, you should move them. I just want a plaque or like Melanie said, erect something else and then and, and say, okay, this is what about just, the, do the good and the bad because everything has good and bad in it. You just give everybody the story and let them make up their minds. Right. So I, I think right. the problem, the problem of the civil war, if you're going to get really serious here, when you look at it, it's one thing to, hmm. so, uh, I don't want this to sound wrong. Uh, it, it, one of the things that some of those, 
statues were erected for was to remember all the men that died. And there were, you know, they, you got to remember they were Americans, U.S. citizens, right? At the United States of America. That was the whole idea. And we had a civil war where brother fought brother. And so some of the things, remembrance of the loss that actually everybody faced, both both sides. Yeah, there was nobody came out a winner. In nobody came out a winner. And it, it was it was horrible. And so part of it is to remember the fact that we did a horrible thing where brother fought brother. And so you, that there's a there's a, there may be a part of it that when you go ahead and I want to remove all this stuff, do you necessarily want to remove the remembrance that we did a horrible thing that a horrible thing happened back there? And 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 yes, the the slave situation was very horrible. It was awful. Um, and uh, but not a but, but also along with that, many people died as well and those families are still mourning that death as, as well and a lot of those people are inscripted to fight for the sides of the south and so you also had to you know make it understood that there were people that were in it that died that necessarily did not agree with the politics of it but they were still fighting i've i've asked this question before about different things i'm going to ask the the y'all about it do you think this comes from the hubris of modern man is we I've noticed this in myself that we as the, the modern population, the people alive have a tendency to believe our forefathers were just not smart. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. Do you think part of the issue with this, and I'm going to use a, a you know, modern term is the woke people is, do you think part of it is they just, it's so much hubris to believe that, that the people back in 1752 or 1776 that that they that they were just all racist when like the founding fathers i have no doubt wanted to stop it but they were trying to get things some started so how much do you think is is because okay yes they were just all racist assholes or how much you think is modern man doesn't understand the trials they were under in trying to better everybody's lives so one thought that i had when you're talking about one is slavery is still going on today it's not something that's been eradicated in a way, shape, or form. There's all forms of slavery. Uh, there's people, uh, unfortunately, in many parts of the world that are enslaved. So that hasn't ended. And then if you go back and you study history, you've got to understand that, um, uh, I mean, from the get-go, if you look from almost the very beginning of written time, there were slaves. It's There have been slaves forever. It's, it's, uh, if you're mm. y'all are believers out there, it's, um, Excuse me. you know, the, the Christians say it's the fallen nature of man, uh, not atheists would believe, you know, it's just, it's, it's part of, it's, it's built into us as a species, you know, that, that the, the greed, the want, and part of that greed would be enslaving other people or, you know, there's, there's something within mankind itself that we want to do that. Yeah. I don't know about any of that, but I, but I, I, I think, um, I, I don't know what the point is really moving around on this thing, but the whole idea is that <clears throat> slavery is, is obviously a horrible thing. And uh, it's been since the get-go. So how do we educate people to understand that slavery is bad? I mean, if you grow in, if you grow up in a society where whatever it is, whatever period of time it might have been, that you know, slavery was just the thing that just happened. 
unless you're educated in another way, you don't know any better because that that's just it. You've, you know, you think the Romans grow, grew up thinking, okay, there was anything wrong with slavery. I mean, the Romans were one uh, of the biggest. Some did, but not, know, not many. Very, yeah, <laughs> not enough. The not Ro- many. The Roman society was built on top of slaves, but the, the, the other, I, and Melanie, what do you think? I had to sit with that one longer, but <laughs> I, I, I would like to think that it doesn't come from such an evil place. I'd like to think that it comes from man's need to feel special. And therefore, if I need to feel special, I need to make you less special and therefore enslave you in some way, right? Like make, so I think it comes from that greedy kind of place more than like, I hate this other race or they're, they're terrible. And I mean, they obviously think they're terrible, but it's more from a place of I'm better than, you know? And, and I think that whether you grew up as knowing better or not, there's still people who witness it. And even though it's normal for the time, they still have empathy you know you can still feel inside that this is wrong even though everyone around me is saying it's right you know i don't know well, there, well, there, no, no, i'm sorry i was gonna say there wouldn't have been the underground railroad if if that wasn't the case there's always right. people who who right, whether, exactly. whether whether empathy whether it's religious beliefs or whether it's realizing that everybody is really the same etc cetera, etc cetera, that they want to help free people so, I, I think that's also mad part of man too you know occasionally you would hear oh, hey he's a good slave owner <laughs> what he's still a slave owner so is there such a thing as a good slave owner so right you know I, oh he treated everybody well well but they were still enslaved yeah but you know so Hmm. I, I would so, I, I would say on that, and this is going to sound shitty, but it's the world isn't black and white. It's very specifically specific right. history is, no, is yeah. filled with shades of gray. And I, I, I do think maybe there was a gentleman who bought slaves because that was the only thing he could do. And I have no idea if this is true, but maybe the only thing he could do to help them. Was to the to us to protect them by purchasing them to give them you know I and that'd be the minority and not the majority because oh, 100%. you know the, fa- the the only way many of those plantations could work as far as American slavery goes in, in the, the African Americans Americans that were brought over here was you know they need <clears throat> they needed the free labor so called free labor to to make those plantations grow and you know the, most of the South is built on that the. The only thing I could think of, and I really, I don't have any sort of historical perspective on this because it's never something I've looked up, is maybe maybe slavery hasn't been, it's always been a topic in the ethos of America, but never maybe it's never been the right conversation, whether these people's lives were ruined. Because you hear in school, I, you would hear about slavery, but you would never hear the depths of what happened to them. Like, you know, like I remember hearing roots and I've seen bits and pieces and you'd see what they did to, to Kunta Kinte and the people around them. And so maybe it was something that it's the surrounding discussion that needs to be had in a way where everybody's not so angry. Cause, cause right now specifically, and in the, like the sixties and seventies, everybody's angry about it. And I, I think they have the right to be angry, 
but maybe it's a conversation that people need to sit down and say, hey, this is blank and this is blank and this, because you're always going to have the minority who are pissed off about it. Because, you know. Absolutely. And it's a conversation that needs to be had, but now everyone's so sensitive and upset that it get, turns into finger pointing instead of an actual conversation that we can learn from and move forward from. And the, the I get it, but it's a scary place to be in because I think civil war is right around the corner again if we can't talk about these things. So I, So because the old guy is particularly the old guy and he grew up in the sixties in the seventies and the fifties. All of this is cyclical. I'm My noticing. story starts in the fifties. Doesn't yes. mean I remember them. Well, yeah, but here's, here's the question. <laughs> you, you grew up in Santa Monica, one of the heights of some of this and, and how much to, from what you've seen <clears throat> is kind of the same cyclical movement of like the civil rights area. And in that part where, where people are starting to speak, I'm realize, okay, there's, there's, there's some healing that needs to be done. We need to talk and yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a very, uh, a neighborhood where we had, um, we had all mixes of, of, of nationalities, whatever it may be. And we had all, I grew up in a colorblind society. Let's put it this way. We had no prejudices. We, you know, I didn't know. I grew up as as a kid that I had uh, black friends, I had Mexican friends, I had Cuban friends, I had, you know, every mix, and I I never knew the difference. I never realized it growing up in it. So I think I grew up in a very special situation as far as that goes, um, because I I didn't have an, any idea that why, why would these people be any different than than any other. Everybody's an individual. Everybody can, you know, either be good or bad. Doesn't matter of what case, uh, race, color, creed. Didn't matter. It was all all that way. And so, you know, it's hard for me to look and understanding uh, uh, to understand somebody that just doesn't that hates somebody simply because of what they look like, because of the color of their skin, because they may be an Arab, <clears throat> be a Jew, whatever it may be, just because of that. Um, so. It was a very, I think it was, it, it was the start. It was the spark, you know, as they say of Martin Luther King and, and many other peoples, that was the spark that started discussion in the country in the baby, the country to turn around and look at itself and maybe, you know, start to, uh, heal some of the problems. But my God, when you look at the news and you watch what's going on and you, it, 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 sometimes it just doesn't feel that we've ever learned from the past and that for some reason, you know, no, sure don't. Yeah. Here's here, here's the reason I I, I asked that because I was thinking about this. Is I was wondering if because as a species we're a slow turning people. Like if you move if if you try to move culture too much, there's always a, a vacuum that just annihilates everything in its path. So here's here was my thought. Let's see if you all think I'm right or wrong. Is the the civil rights movement in the '60s and the stuff in the '70s. And it, it, it changed the culture. And you slowly, like the 80s, you got hip-hop, you got all the, the quote-unquote people I knew back in the day, uh, the, the black music. And you, you started getting all that movement, and that part became a deeper part of the culture. And then now in the, 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 the 2020s, you have people starting to ha engage back in the same conversation they had in 1960 and 1950. And my thought, it was a continuation of the movement where people are realizing, okay, these people got screwed, 
and maybe the reason why people are so up in arms is because they see, okay, this conversation should have happened more. We should have regressed further along. And until, and I think, and I think these people don't realize that you cannot move people super fast. And by the way, I think it sucks. Because specifically, if you see what happens in African-American neighborhoods and you look at the statistics, they're getting fucked every which way but loose. But the problem is we as society, for some reason, can't like, A, I don't think we know once we find the problem, we don't know how to fix it. How do you make it up to generations of people who got royally fucked? And I don't think there's a way to do it. You cannot exactly say, oops, my bad. Yeah, I you know, this is an awfully deep conversation, particularly for the end of the show. And, by the uh, way, this is this is why I'm we're, we're keep going because I think this is such a, a good conversation to have. I, I I think we should finish it. Yeah, good idea. Why don't you wrap it up? No, nope, we're not done yet. <laughs> Melanie, do you have anything to add? Well, I think that um, you know, to be fair, we're a bunch of white people discussing this. It's only so it's only half the conversation and to a huge degree we can only speculate, you know. True. But I I had a similar experience to Rob where I my both my sisters are Hispanic. They were adopted. My parents didn't think they could have children and I was a surprise late in life. And so as a baby, I knew my sisters as my sisters before I understood what adoption was or before I could comprehend why our skin color wasn't the same or why they had brown eyes. I grew up wanting dark skin because I wanted to be like my sisters. I yeah. wanted to look like my family. A great tans. You know? And <clears throat> so there's, I did, I can't a lot. But there's, you know, so my experience is very different than their experience. And it wasn't until much later in life that I actually realized that. And right. I, thought that I wasn't racist because, you know, I thought I was colorblind, you know, and that, that really doesn't exist. There's no such thing as colorblind because I still did little things here and there that stemmed from racism. And it wasn't like my parents are overtly racist and raised us that way. It's just the way that society is and the society as a whole trains you to be an act you know and and there were things that you know my sister looked spanish and she didn't speak a word of spanish (laughs) and she got shit from other spanish people who tried to speak to her in spanish and she said i don't know what you're saying and they thought she was lying to them just (laughs) because she didn't want to talk to them it's not the first time i've heard that story yeah same here it's it's hard to say you know we're missing we're missing a huge part of the conversation we're only one part of the conversation and I think that that's the point I think it's great for white people to get together and talk about it um, because it would be easy for us to not talk about it 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 doesn't really affect us necessarily but it is a conversation that needs to be had and I think there has been progress and there hasn't been progress we've had it and it's been slow and it's not fair to say that you know all black people are disadvantaged where they all black people come from horrible neighborhoods because there's more black millionaires today than there ever was before. So the, it, it's a very, very large conversation with a lot of ebbs and flows. You know? 
the only way, yes. the only, the only reason I framed it like I did earlier is because statistically, if you look historically, statistically in America, it's true. But you're right. There's a lot of like The Rock, who you know, for example, who was probably close to a billionaire at this point. Um, right. I did want to bring up something. There's a wrestler, and for some reason, a lot of stuff comes at the matching wrestling name of, by the name of Brandy Rhodes. She's married to uh, Dusty Rhodes's son who she happens to be African-American. And she said something that um, I wish I remembered uh, his son, uh, her husband said something that in an interview that I, I, I've never heard before. And he said to her, it's like, I'm colorblind. I don't care if you're, you're black, white, yada, yada. And then and, and she got rather hot at him. And here's the comment that she said to him was, I never want to hear you say that. He said that, you know, because my experience is, I mean, my experiences are the fact that I'm black. You, you know, you're, everybody has a color. And she said, I've never lived colorblind. Cause nah, she's, she's interpreting incorrectly. Or, I'm know, sorry. I disagree no, with her. I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering it. But basically, she said the fact that, you know, it's because her experiences have proven the fact that African-Americans, have, people are biased towards them one way or another. And then for me, it's I've never heard her, and my apologies for butchering her, but I thought it was such a well phrased way of putting it was I could see it because I've, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a white dude who quasi looks Eastern European. And I, there are, I've, I've, I've known people who, if you were anything but blank, that they would not interact with them well. And they're, they're, you know, and I'm not saying that's everybody. Like, I don't care what color somebody is as long as they're not a jackass. I yeah. think it goes along with the way, you know, the whole conversation about it's not enough to be not racist. You need to be anti-racism. Because if you say I'm not racist, it's the same as saying I'm colorblind. But if you're anti-racist, it's saying I acknowledge that there are colors. And I will do my part to make it fair between all the colors. Because if you just say there are no colors and I'm colorblind, then you're, it's kind of a slap in the face because you're ignoring the whole issue that these people have grown up with their whole life. And you're just telling them it doesn't exist because I'm not racist, you know? So it's, it's interesting. And sorry to take it so deep at the end of the show, but I'm glad we're having this conversation. I, I think life should be more like a Dean Martin roast. If y'all haven't watched it, where you have a bunch of people of different racial racial backgrounds really cracking on everybody else and saying absolutely horrible shit, but all of them were friends, legitimate friends. Or look at Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. There was a number of times, if you actually look into the stories, where Frank Sinatra got incredibly heated, and he was one of the few people in entertainment that if you fucked with, you'd get in trouble because of his ties. And I think if the world was like that, maybe things would be a little bit better if everybody kind of, you know, everybody needs a Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, am I wrong? Well, no. I, th I agree. I think humor is a great way to bring levity to a, um, something that's, you know, heavy. And then when there's that levity, then you can have the conversation instead of an argument. So we are definitely over time. So Rob, any final? No, have a, have a good week. James? Huh? <laughs> you wake <Hey>. up, James. <laughs> any 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 final thoughts? Sure. Melanie? 
I'm good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I said enough. <laughs> yeah. To quote Abraham Lincoln, be excellent to each other. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the California Pariah, for the fat man, the old guy, and Miss Audacity yourself, as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Good night. Good night.